0: listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This is the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo, former chief meteorologist of Channel 4. I am now a certified orientation and mobility specialist. I have a vision impairment. I have retinitis pigmentosa, and I walk with a white cane. On today's episode of the Public Affairs Show, we have a really nice success story about someone who has overcome vision loss, and is thriving in his life right now with no vision. So on today's program, I'd like to say hello and thank you to Chris Barrett. How's it going? Hey, Chris. I know we've met a few times before, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But first, tell everyone listening just your bio, where you're from, where you grew up, you know, are you from Louisiana? Just give him a quick bio of who Chris is.
1: Yeah, sure, of course. Yeah, so um, I'm originally from uh, Harahan, Louisiana, uh, born and raised, and I'm still in Harahan, Louisiana. I figured that out. Um, I'm a very big fisherman. Um, One of my favorite things to do is go fishing. And um, anyway, uh, so up to that point in life in uh, October 25th, 2014, I could see like everybody else. I was 33 years old, and then um, one morning on a Saturday, I was uh, shot in a hunting incident. With a shotgun uh, to the head, face, and uh, neck, all left-sided, I um, I lost one of my eyes. Uh, my right eye took so much damage that, uh, like I'll never see again, there's no light perception. Uh, basically, my retina fell off, um, and when they tried to put it back on, there wasn't anything left to put back on. And, uh, you know, from that point on, you know, just had to learn to move on with life, uh, whatnot, Um Prior to uh, losing my vision, I was working at uh, Southern Precision as a machinist over there and uh, a good career. I enjoyed it. And then, you know, like went upside down from that point. So, uh, you know, I had to learn to carry on, uh, to put it plainly. Um, so so yeah, s- that was kind of how it started. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, so you said at 35 is when you lost your vision? Uh, 33 33 so so most of your life you had vision and you were you know functioning as a normal uh adult with your vision and doing all kinds of things what else did you do before your vision loss what was some of the stuff you enjoyed doing uh
1: definitely fishing uh hunting um actually commercial fish for about seven years in my adult life um you know I just enjoyed life I was a spear fisherman uh, which is you know diving uh definitely big on the outdoor stuff um for sure you know just I don't know, just kinda of stayed busy, you know, and you know, I love southeast Louisiana for a reason, you know. So, uh, you know, obviously with the fishing and the hunting and uh that was a big part of my life, you know. So uh so when I went blind, you know, it was uh <laughs> that was a big part of my life that I lost and I you know, I had to figure out how to uh, recover that and you know,
0: I did. So how so. was how was your um you know, because when a lot of people suffer vision loss or know they're going to lose their vision they go through stages of grief. How was your mental state at the time when you realized that your vision was gone?
1: Ooh, I'll tell you, uh, it's flaky is a good word. Um, I almost don't remember the first six, seven months of it. It's like these little blanks. Uh, I feel like I went kind of crazy. Um, my blind, like my brain, like rewired almost. Like I would see phantoms. Uh, I'd be around people. I'd see them, but I couldn't see them. It was like old images of what they'd look like. Um, now I was so sad, depressed, angry, mad. Uh, you know, every single emotion you could think of. You know, wanted to die. I mean, all these crazy emotions we go through. I'll tell you. You know, I I didn't understand how people felt that way sometimes until I experienced it myself and you know, when something, you know, so tragic happens to anybody with any kind of loss in general. But, you know, just in my case, you know, it's very sudden and tragic. I mean, you just, it's like, you didn't. it's like I didn't have a choice. And uh, I think I'd say about the first year, you know, was probably the worst of it. Um, you know, uh, and then, you know, eventually I just kind of snapped out of it a little bit and, you know, was like, I I've got to do something, you know, life needs to change. I need to just get better, you know, like just this low as me stuff isn't for me. Uh you know, and uh, you know, so I just kinda stepped up a little bit at a time and went from there, you know, but it was I'll tell you, it was intense. I mean to put it plain it was intense. Just thinking about it is actually like a little bit like rattling, just even you know, just knowing just how I don't know, I just wasn't right. I mean, to put it plainly it just was not right. I mean, you know, can't blame this, you know, no, you'll lose and something like that. It's just like, I mean, it's horrible It's what it is, you know. But, you know, at this point, eight years later, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm here to tell you, you know, I mean, it, you can get through it, you know, for a- sure.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, Chris, what you went through is, you know, quite common because as I work with a lot of uh, adults uh, teaching them how to travel with a white cane, at the very early stages, you many of them have talked about uh, that same kind of mental state where they, they say, I'd rather have cancer or I'd rather lose a leg than, you know, not be able to see. And so it's quite common for, to go through those stages, but for you yeah. to be able to do this on your own, instead of seeking some kind of support or help or, or, you know, counseling, you know, that shows, um, you know, something about, you know, you have to have an attitude to really understand that once something happens to you, you've got to you know, pivot, adjust or improvise or adapt to, to what life throws at you.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, you know, when people, you know, I guess the word can't doesn't stick well with me. Um, I'm definitely an optimistic person and, and you know, people would just telling me, uh, there's no way you're going to do this again or that again, you know, or just, you know, anything. And even, you know, my best friends and family members, although they weren't saying it, they, they just knew deep down that, you know, I would never be the same ever again. And, um, You know, I just refused to accept that, um, you know, completely. I was just like, well, just because you say I can't doesn't mean I can. Um, You know, and, uh, you know, I met somebody inspirational to me um, about two or three months into it. He's a blind gunshot victim as well um, and a massage therapist, the figure. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, he just kind of told me how he lives his life. And just hearing that from that one person, you know, that that actually gave me some inspiration just to hear it from one person and, and then to just put it together, you know, and I'm kind of like, well, this guy can do it. Why can't I do it? You know? And, uh, you know, so then I just started, you know, just putting forward, you know, uh, people wanted me to live with them, you know, and, you know, I wanted to take care of me. I was like, no, I don't, I'm, you know, like I'm 33 years old, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to live with somebody, you know, It's like, you know, I used to say like, I don't want my mommy taking care of me, you know, uh, I know it sounds kind of horrible, but it's like, I love my mother to death. She's a great woman, but you know, I'm a man. I'm like, I'm not a child anymore. It's like, so it's like trying to figure it out. And, um, you know, I did, you know, it took a lot of time, a lot of frustration, you know, I smashed an iPhone once, you know, cause I was so frustrated with that thing talking to me, uh, <laughs> you know, and then, uh, you know, I'll tell you, time goes on and it's like, man, it's just every day goes by. It, just, it got easier and better, you know, in the day, still blind, but
0: you yeah, that's now, one of the things that one of the first things you had to try and overcome and adapt was without vision loss to move around. So, did you take any orientation, mobility training, any uh, help to, to navigate, uh, tell that process about being able to move around?
1: Yeah, so um, at first, uh, you know, my first three or four weeks, I, I couldn't even walk, um, you know, partial probably to just you know, the type of injury I took, you know, I mean, I was severely concussed um you know, with bad concussion and whatnot so my head was just rattled um the instant blindness uh you know they're pushing me around in a wheelchair and or helping me stand up i couldn't even take a bath you know It was insane um two three four months later i suppose uh i'm kind of guessing because i don't exactly remember uh the lighthouse kind of found me um and i got some orientation mobility training from them which i'll never not thank them um i got the basics of what i needed because i was actually walking up and down my driveway in my street with a fishing pole in my hand i don't even have a cane and they gave me a cane and then right about i guess about a year or so i ended up going to uh louisiana center for the blind in Rustin. and uh, although my duration was short up there due to some other things going on back home i had to deal with i did get some decent training from those people and I got what I needed. And, um, you know, the the few things that I learned, you know, from the Lighthouse, you know, and from Louisiana Center for the Blind, you know, I just put it together and, you know, just by them giving me what they gave me, I was able to just almost run with it. Um, And then, you know, eventually, you know, into the future, I did end up getting, I have a guide dog at the present time. So,
0: which is an awesome thing as well. Tell (laughs) us about that process about the guide dog and the name of your dog and and how that matching and the training went with that.
1: Yeah, so, um, so the way that went was uh, I ended up going to, uh, I guess I'm going to skip ahead a little bit for the correct time frame. I went to massage school at a year and a half, um, and then I graduated. So I guess it was, blind, yeah, blind, probably close to about two and a half years. And uh, right after I finished massage school, um, I got a phone call from a guide dog school I had applied to. In the past, I just told them I wasn't quite ready right because I was in school. And they were like, hey, do you want a guide dog still? And I was like, sure. So... Um, you know, just I think I was out of school two weeks, and it was like perfect time So I went up there in June. I spent my birthday. Uh, it was June of 2017, and I uh, got up there and I met my dog. Her name is Summit. She's a black uh, Labrador. She's freaking awesome, and um, she's a little bit crazy like I am. Uh, so you know, she likes to do wild things, so do I. And um, anyway, the process was pretty simple, honestly, just a simple application. Um, I dealt with uh, Mr. Eric at um, the Lighthouse for the Blind. He, you know, basically certified, you know, that I knew what I was doing with a cane and orientation mobility. And um, you know, I got up there, spent three weeks up there. They feed you, they board you, uh, you know, they teach you everything you need to know to go with your dog. And um, and they send you home three weeks later with a dog, <laughs> you know. And then you had to learn how to use a dog when you get home because you have to orientate um, to to your place, your surroundings, and whatnot with it. And uh, I learned real quick what the word team means. Um, you know, having a guide dog is definitely something that you would think they're like a GPS, but they're not, um, you know, you can teach them spots and things, but you know, they don't know. So what you teach them is what they're going to learn. So when I got her, I was actually quite confused with her to be honest with you when I got here, although I knew it, I didn't know how to walk without a cane. I only knew how to walk with a cane. I know how to walk, holding onto this animal dragging me around. <laughs> it's pretty wild actually. And, um, You know, so she threw me for some curveballs, but eventually, you know, I learned that, you know, if I don't know where I'm going, how can she know where she's going? Her only job is really to just make sure I don't get dragged into a street or run into some inanimate object, you know, identify curbs. So then I started teaching her, um, you know, properly how to do it. Um, I actually had Guide Dogs of America come out here and help me with that. And then I started going fishing and taught my dog all sorts of Things that they don't teach guide dogs, such as going off road in the woods and uh fishing on the Mississippi river um you know, and if it wasn't for that dog, you know, I don't know that, I would have actually ended up in that scenario, you know because it was very difficult at the time to even you know get back there much less trying and attempt to go fishing so then I get the dog, and you know we teach her where to go, and it's like she's like this automatic little thing. Once we teach her right, she just brings me to my spot. I'm like, okay, so I'll start fishing. And uh, and then from there, you know, it's just, I don't know, I don't, it's, you, it's an amazing thing, you know. Yeah. Dog, it really is. I'll,
0: I want to <laughs> get to that fishing story, too, because uh, I'm going to jump ahead to where <laughs> we met for the first time. I actually got to work with your girlfriend, uh, Connie. She needed some orientation and mobility lessons, and she only had just a couple of things that she really wanted me to help her with, and that was to get from your house across, you know, the road up to the levee, down a mile along the levee, down the levee to the river, and, you know, (laughs) to the, the spot along the river to fish. And I was like, holy moly. And she was, you know, Connie has no vision as well as as you do. So learning that route, you know, she knew the route. You know, she has, you know, GPS and knew what landmarks to look for. But it was amazing this, to know that the two of you, are doing that, you know, crossing a, a, a busy road, getting up to the levee, and walking down the levee for, uh, I think it might have been about a mile or so, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, it's just right at a mile. Uh, and so. then going down the levee to the river, and I was like, holy <laughs> moly, so... I, she knew the route, but I was just trying to help her get that route down safely with that cane and, you know, do it a little more safely than what she was doing. And that was, you know, part of the thing that she was able to, you know, catch on pretty quick. So, but, you know, that, and I met you a couple of times at the house, so, uh, you know, this is not the first time we've talked. And, and it's very impressive. Uh, tell the folks uh, that are listening about how you taught yourself computers, phone and you know the technology that most people use every day and take for granted without sight you can still do the same things that you can when you had sight
1: yeah so um i'd like to say i'm pretty close to 90 95 percent of everything i could do on a phone um including taking pictures um <laughs> the iphone even tells you one face top left edge one face centered, two faces bottom right um impressive but uh learning it was um pretty interesting um so the start of it was i had this nurse checking on me in the beginning and i had a samsung phone and um you know i couldn't text message i couldn't call anybody I couldn't do anything and she showed me siri she said look watch he said you know hey siri you know call so and so and i'm like oh hey siri you know read text message so that's how i put an iphone in my hand and then I went to a friend's camp where they had no service, and I was showing him. He was blind as well. I'm like, yeah, check this out. And I was like, hey, Siri, call Robbie. And, well, I'm sorry. There's no Internet connection. <laughs> I was like, uh, so I thought it was showing off. I didn't know anything. So then I realized I had to learn what voiceover was. And um, voiceover is what talks on the phone. It's an accessibility uh, portion. It's, it's available on other phones, but Apple is definitely the way to go when it comes to accessibility things on phones and whatnot, at least that's my opinion. And um, so you turn this on and every single thing on a screen talks, and it is a nightmare to listen to. Um, all of a sudden you go from looking at your screen, you just see what icon you want to tap, you know, we'll just say, such as, you know, I use Capital One for banking. So you know, now you have to hear it say capital one, but this thing will just start talking and talking and talking. And man, it drove me crazy. Actually, you know, I talk about destroying an iPhone. I threw an iPhone across the room one day. I was so frustrated for eight or nine months into it. And, uh, that is not the right thing to do, but it, it was just that bad. I was like, Oh my God, this thing's just crazy. And then you now I found out about, uh, Apple technical support. Um, they have 24 hour accessibility support for blind people and also other people, with other disabilities, such as like hearing and, uh, you know, like motor controls, you know, um, you know, they have a lot of good things. So I started calling them and they started really like helping me kind of get around. Um, but I can tell you the number one thing that I found with it was patience, um, you know, put it down when you got tired of it, but you had to learn to listen. Like it'll start saying something and you just have to listen to everything it said. And eventually it becomes almost like a second language, um, you know and then that turned into you know i went from having to get somebody to go grocery shopping for me to i started shopping for myself like through walmart i use ship now um it's one of them you know sam's club amazon i don't know pretty much anything anybody else does i do you know as long as i want to do it um and then banking too you know i mean just you know I do my own personal banking you know uh, just not just looking at a balance i mean literally you know paying bills you know, I mean, pretty much everybody has an app, you know, and 90% of them are actually accessible, including like QuickBooks. QuickBooks has stuff that's, you know, they call it accessibility. It's accessible. And, um, you know, to learn these things, I mean, it it took a lot of patience. Um, and when I went into massage school, I had to get a MacBook because I needed a computer and, um, you know, that was a whole nother learning curve because it does not operate the same as the iPhone does. Although it's the talking aspect is it's, Actually, more detailed, a little bit more complicated. Um, you know, different keyboard gestures, and had to remember how to type. So I spent a lot of time on the phone with these people at Apple, and you know, between them and me, you know, just being persistent with it and asking the questions that I needed to answer. You know, eventually, you know, that's how I live my life. You know, literally. I mean, in fact, you know, Connie as well. You know, I mean, you know, same thing. You know, once she learned how to use it, I mean, she does just what I do too. She shops online. You know, uh, you know we call Ubers. I mean, it's all these things, you know, honestly, it's right there at the tip of every blind person's hands out there, you know, so, and if you just learn how to use it, it's there, but patience,
0: <laughs> I'm telling you, patience is
1: the number one.
0: Exactly. So today. so basically, you're, you're living proof, you and Connie, that uh, for anybody listening out there, if you suffer from vision loss or you have no vision at all, that you're still able to do the things you can do, you could do, when you had vision, it's just a matter of learning how to adapt to technology to assist you. Yeah, and that's very
1: correct. And I mean, you know, I mean, there's, you know, a minimal of things, you know, I would say, you know, or, you know, that are probably more difficult for us, you know, such as, you know, if we went into a new building, okay? I mean, you know, we're blind. I mean, that's, you know, when you're blind, you're not going to know where you're at the first time you go into a building. But, you know, that being said, if you go there a couple of times, you know, you'll learn the place, you know, it's just, you know. I I always say, like, we don't have the instant video feed, you know, that we used to have anymore. So, you know, you have to learn it through a tactile manner, through audio. And, you know, it just takes a little bit longer to learn. But it doesn't mean you can't do it. You know, I mean, anywhere I go, anywhere I've been, you know, if I want to go there and I want to learn it, it's not even an issue. You know, I will figure out my way. And or I'll just aggravate a bunch of people and ask a bunch of questions, and then I'll find my way as well. Well, that's uh,
0: (laughs) that's good. You know, asking for advice and help is always a good thing. Now, you mentioned uh, learning. So tell us more about uh, your present position now, your massage therapist. Tell us about where they can reach you. Uh, let's give out some contact information, give folks a chance to uh, get a pencil or paper, get someone to jot down this information, because if anybody's looking for a massage therapist, tell them about your story about how to to do that job without vision.
1: Sure. So, uh, so yeah, so I had, a, I had a friend, he's also blind and a massage therapist. He put the bug in my ear, um, you know, and about a year or so, you know, I was pretty bored. Um, so in a year and a half, I decided to just go to massage school, went to Blue Cliff College, and I, I killed it. Um, I found out I had a gift, to be honest with you. Um, you know, just the sense of touch that I have is, you know, I'm, I'm it's almost like I'm a magnet for finding problems on people. Um, you know, I, I can't even explain it to you. Like, even though I can't see, I see the body in a way that just, if you're looking at it physically, you can't see it. But you know, so I went to school and, you know, I got a 4.0, um, it was a nine month certificate program and, um, you know, I took some extra stuff, uh, like more therapy and whatnot, which is a primary focus that I have, you know, it's really good for dealing with pain aspects and, um, you know, I kind of killed it and it was like this awesome success for me, you know? And then, like I said, then I got my guide dog right after. So like things started moving up for me. And then I, uh, kind of came out the gate. I had an audience, uh, you know, through like Facebook, friends, family, friends of friends, uh, people, you know, from school followed me as well. So I ended up starting my own thing. I called it out of sight massage therapy. It's still what it is. And, um, you know, currently I, I practice from home and I also, um, I work as an independent contractor over at uh, Lakeview massage and therapy as well. Um, and, you know, I take uh, Blue Cross health insurance. So, you know, that's another, and they're a very reputable place. Um, so it's two places I can be found either, A, at uh, on of site Massage and Therapy, which is at my home, and or um, Lakeview Massage and Therapy. And they also have other great therapists over there as well. And then, um, you know, simply, but if you want to find me at, um, you know, my place, you know, it's just simple. My phone number is uh, 504-256-5876. Um, I like to work by appointment only on there. So just, you know, call, set it up,
0: and and go from there. So well that's great and you know it's it's just living proof that you know when something happens, you know one of your senses whether it's vision, hearing, whatever that you're still able to do something. So, you know, this is a you know a great success story for anybody listening that feels maybe down in the dumps or feels like, you know, their life is over. Chris, what advice would you give somebody that may be in, in that stage mentally? That uh, they need that encouragement, or they need some somebody to you know motivate them a little bit. What what advice would you give somebody right now listening that maybe at the place you were back then?
1: Honestly, listen to the person that's talking right now. I had somebody you know who was just like me, you know, at one point or another, you know, literally he was me right now, and you know I listened to that man. It was hard to talk to him, like I said, my friend Robbie, um, and. To just listen to hear to somebody else say that they can do it, it's, you know, and I was in your shoes if you're suffering right now, you know, if you've just lost your vision or you're going through it, you know, you're just thinking it's the end of the world. You know, I was at that point. And then, like I say, all of a sudden I meet somebody that's just like, man, look at this guy. He's doing all these things. It's like how, you know, and then, you know, then you build up this confidence and this courage, you know, and courage can be, you know, one of the biggest things that can help us. Just to take a breath, step up, Forget how bad it is. Go open your front door and go take a step outside. And literally, that's how it started. I mean, I you know, I literally opened my front door, walked outside. There was a step down. You know, found that step, walked to a gate, turned around, walked back to the step, walked back to the door. It took a lot for me to do that, um, you know, just in the beginning. And then, you know, as time goes on, you know, it, that horizon broadens. You know, next thing you know, I'm walking up the street. Next thing you know, I'm going across the highway. Next thing you know, I'm behind the levee. Next thing you know, I'm jumping in a cab, going to a store. You know, like all those things compile. Next thing you know, you're like, hey, I'm going to go visit one of my friends and just show up on them. Um, And, you know, just, I mean, I'm telling you, just believe in yourself. Have some courage. You know, be optimistic. You know, don't be negative to it. You know, being blind is not the best thing in the world because, yes, you went blind, you know, but you know, why be around miserable or sit around being miserable, woe is me, I'm never gonna be able to do anything again. That's that's just there's no point to existence at that point, you know, versus you can still have a normal life, you know, as long as you're realistic with it. Um, you know, that's another thing too, is like I was realistic with myself to say, Okay, you know, I can't drive anymore. That's fine, you know, so how do you get around? You know, it's either A, you know, you can call an Uber, you can call a cab, um You know, friends and family, you know, I mean, you know, when people end up in our circumstances, as far as being blind individuals, we do get financially crippled, you know, because, you know, we lose our jobs, you know, and things like that, that function. That was another motivator for me to want to also go to work. And, you know, you just really have to just kind of just take a breath in and just, just believe that like, you can like be yourself. Like, you know, I'm telling you, it's just, it's a courage thing. It really, all it comes down to just having some courage. Don't expect accept you know like the fact that you know oh i can't don't accept that never accept that Accept that you can you know and you can do what you want i mean i cook all the time connie cooks all the time you know in fact she just cooked this gigantic pot of vegetable soup yesterday you know it's huge and it's delicious you know our neighbors come and get food from us we share food all the time they cook we cook kind of deal and um you know like it's just the things you can still do are there you know the things you can teach yourself to do it's just what do you want to do honestly Um, you know, and, uh, I mean, you know, for me, probably one of my big motivations too was, you know, I have small children. I have three boys, you know, one was about to be 13, 11 and nine. And, you know, um, you know, that was another big motivator for me too, was I wasn't going to let my kids see their blind dad have to get everybody to do every single thing for them that I should be doing for them. Yes. I cannot drive them around, but I take my kids fishing. You know, uh, you know, like when I need to change their diapers when they were little, I changed their diapers, you know, it's a little bit worse doing it when you can't see anything. But, you know, it's more than doable. And, um, you know, uh, they needed a drink, you know, fill their drink up, you know. Yes, you'll probably make a mess a few times. That's why to make towels and mops, you know. Also, you know, with anything, practice is perfect. Um, yeah. And- you know, I mean, it's just.
0: Literally. (laughs) And having kids is a very big motivating factor. Chris, one more time, give out your contact information as we uh, wrap up our our show. Give the contact. How can folks get a hold of you if they want a massage? Sure. Again,
1: it's uh, 504-256-5876. That's my cell. And just give me a call.
0: Chris Barrett, thank you very much. This has been a wonderful success story. I hope everybody... uh, takes a little bit away from this and know that you still can do things uh, even if you can't see or can't see well enough. Chris, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much
0: for having me, Carl. I appreciate it, and good luck to everybody out there listening. Thank you, Chris. You have been listening to WRBH Reading Radio for the Blind. This has been the Public Affairs Show. I'm Carla Redondo. Thank you for listening.